Hey, Dr. Jenna, how are you? Thank you, Heidi. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited, and we were just talking about the Natural Product Expo for the audience listening in. Curious if anyone listening has has been to it because Dr. Jenna has been, and she's telling me that I need to go. So (laughs) that is definitely on my my bucket list for, for next year. But getting back to the topic of today and Million Marker, how on earth did you get started on this journey and what inspired you to start Million Marker? So hi, everyone. Thanks so so much for having me. I started Million Marker four years ago. I was very frustrated with how we have no data around environmental exposures because your environment, your environmental exposures matter so much to your health. Yeah, we have no data. We have no idea. How does our environment interact with our genes? How does it cause disease? How do we prevent it? Because your genetic actually only accounts for, you know, 10 to 30% of your disease risk. The rest of them, your disease risk all come from your environment. That's from the food you eat, the air you breathe, the product you use, your lifestyle, your stress levels, everything. And yet we just don't really have a way. And we don't talk about it enough. So I'm so glad this podcast is dedicated to non-toxic living, dedicated to longevity, because I think wellness is so important. Because you don't want to get sick and it's really making you having a low quality of life. And this is also not just impacting you. It's impacting everybody around you, your loved ones, your friends. So I just think it's really important for us, for everyone to take health into and prevention, take, take that into your own hands and then start working on it. So that's one reason. The second reason is I had a lot of fertility struggle myself. And I was just looking for answers, even just a, a sense of assurance. I just, you know, I want to be sure I don't have to worry about my exposures because I studied this. I know in the impact fertility, they impact so many other conditions. Yeah, we don't really have an answer, a personalized answer to let us know, hey, I don't have this problem. So I was just looking for answers myself and there was no answer in the current medical system. So I was like, well, since nobody is reading my papers, you know, being an academic, I should just do something different. Good for you. Good for you. I am so glad that you decided to do something different and took action and even did this research to begin with because people are pretty much the unhealthiest they've ever been. Fertility issues are at an all-time high, autoimmune, all-time high cancer, mm-hmm. obesity, all all time high. And toxins truly, truly play a role. And I heard recently that research, I think it takes somewhere between like 15 to 20 years for that to become like mainstream or even within the medical system. So I think you had a really beautiful advantage that you acted on where you're doing this research And you don't see a lot of action being taken place by other people. So you jump right into it and you launch Million Marker, which is really cool. That part is actually really frustrating because a lot of scientists, we just, you know, we study trends, right? Epidemiology, it's a way to study trends and patterns. It's very, very important for, you know, inform policy, inform, give people the knowledge. But it's, again, as you said, there's no action behind it, like. So, you know, we, all the scientists just all of a sudden become alarmist. 
yes, we know this is bad. We know that that's bad. But so what? Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you answer the so what question? And how do you make this informative for people to take action to do something about it? Right. Right. And I'm I'm glad, really glad that you did. So for those that are unfamiliar, maybe with Million Marker, can you run through the the process? Who can do it? What does it look like? Sure. So at Million Marker, we provide a direct-to-consumer mailing urine test, allow you to understand some of the everyday chemical exposures. These chemicals are very common hormone-disrupting chemicals. We test 13 chemical metabolites that include BPA, BP alternatives, phthalates, parabens, oxybenzone. All of these chemicals, many of them are in plastic, major plasticizers. They're in your personal care product, your household cleaning products, in your diet, like takeout food and utensils and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And people can simply order a test online, pee in the cup, send it back to us. We get that tested. We do ask you to complete an exposure journal before you send in your urine sample, which we talk about, we ask about your diet, all the products you use. So then we can actually pair that with your test results to give you personalized feedback to really help you figure out what product you're using is problematic, what part of your life- lifestyle is giving you high exposures. Mm. That way you can actually, you know, having this tailored recommendations for you to act on. So then you can reduce your exposures. That, yeah, that that's really important too, because you know, if you're going to provide this information and someone's reading like, oh my gosh, I have high levels of BPA or oxybenzone or whatever chemical, if you were just providing that and then they're reading it and it's like, well, well, shoot, what do I do? I I am Mm -hmm. super happy that you and Million Marker provide like tangible, tangible to do is on how to improve your fertility, which improves your health. When giving that personalized feedback, I haven't done it yet, Million Marker, transparently. I want to order a kit and do this. Very excited to do so. So excuse my, I guess, ignorance on not knowing the ins and outs of the process yet. But when you're giving those recommendations, is it more like they're giving some products that they're using and your team notices that that sunscreen you're using has chemicals. Don't use that sunscreen. Pretty. Yes, pretty much. Okay. So we do a really detailed audit. So because we cannot test everything, there are, we literally have 85,000 chemicals in use. Yes. A lot of them are hormone disrupting chemical, mm-hmm. but we actually only have 1% of those chemicals with sufficient safety data. Mm-hmm. And there are more and more chemicals being put out in the environment. We literally have no idea what are those chemicals are. So right now we're limited to only test for 13, but when we actually do this audit, when we audit your products, we not only letting you know if any of your product contains some of the chemicals that we're testing, but any other problematic chemical that we see that in, we have seen in the liter, in the literature, in the scientific literature that it's problematic, we point it out, we let you know. So next time you go shop for something, you can shop better. Yes, absolutely. And make those slow changes too. Absolutely. Slow, slow, slow is the way to go. It is. I know. I'm always telling people, please don't get overwhelmed and throw everything out. And if you want to do that, go ahead, but it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to break the bank. You're going to think this is ridiculous. Why am I doing it? Just 
one thing at a time and it'll snowball and next thing you know, you're feeling better. So it kind of reinforces that you should be making these better purchasing decisions because you in turn feel better. So love that. When it comes to the exposure recall or, or exposure documentation, I know that you said people, you like to go really thorough with that. Can you speak about that? Maybe run through the process. Maybe we could do like a live demonstration for the audience, whatever you want to do. Yes, we can totally do a live demonstration. It's actually, it's not a short process. Usually it takes between half an hour to 45 minutes, but we can do a quick run. And I think the point here is also kind of letting people know where to think about where the exposures are coming from. Mm -hmm. We're literally getting exposed all the time. But if you think about where you expose, if you know where your exposures are coming from, then you can start taking actions, right, to minimize. Because yes, changing our products are, can be expensive, um, but there are many, many other ways that you can, you just need that knowledge. Right. You just need that awareness, then you can start practicing it. It actually doesn't cost much money or it doesn't cost anything. So we can start with, Heidi, I'll put you on the spot. We can start with your day. So when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? First thing I do when I wake up. Okay. Well, first of all, I love being put on the spot right now. This is going to be super fun. (laughs) And I hope I just like, I hope you expose me. So first thing I did today when I woke up or in general when I wake up? In general, it doesn't matter today. Sure. Yeah. Usually I wake up and I don't use my phone for the first hour of the day. I come out to my living room and I grab my journal. I like to journal for a bit. I then spend time with my fiance for about 15 minutes before he goes to work. I usually prepare his lunch. I make my breakfast, which can go through the details there. I use a non-toxic pan. I like to turn to heat up food. I always use the pan instead of the microwave. I like the Extrema pans. For breakfast, I like to eat different proteins usually paired like a balanced meal and I shop locally. So today, for example, I had local pork sausage with some leftover grilled zucchini and that was just an avocado oil. And then after I eat breakfast, I like to do like a 10 minute tidy. So I'll just clean stuff up, usually do the dishes and then I'll get ready for the day. So this is probably where some more exposures for people come into play. Feel free to interrupt me if I'm going too fast. Otherwise, I'll keep going. Okay, maybe we can possibly be here because you you got a lot of good stuff going on. So you are a true practitioner in non-toxic living. I love it. Mm-hmm. From the beginning already, we can you know kind of dissect your exposure yeah, a little bit. Let's do it. You know, you wake up, you don't really use your phone. And we don't talk about this too much. And then there's still continuing. There's very little research, but continuing to grow more is on EMF. So EMF exposure. So we always recommend, you know, if you you can leave your phone outside your bedroom, especially when you're sleeping, and then don't use your phone all the time, especially, you know, before you go to bed. So the light can actually interrupt your sleep. And EMF exposure, you know, have been shown to very, very small studies. It's still very inconclusive. It's having to do with brain functions and all all these other conditions. So it's always good to, as a prevention, 
to leave your phone out your out of your be- bedroom. So you already, you know, you're not using your phone in the, when you first wake up. And it's on airplane mode too. Yes, perfect. <laughs> airplane mode, even even better. So that's really good. And then you mentioned that you cook your own breakfast. That's another huge tip that we always recommend people to do so because eating at home, cooking your own food, you have full control over what you actually put in your your body. You know, where your source food is coming from, you mentioned you shop locally, mm-hmm. right? And shopping local actually helping you reduce a lot of packaging. Uh, we have seen a ton of packaging, food packaging actually brings a lot of toxins into your food. You know, think about all the plastic wrapping around your food. And even just a couple of months ago, we learned the the food wrapper, like the actual print labels on the food wrapper is actually leaching BPA and other bisphenols into your food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you shop locally, you actually don't need that wrapper. And then there's less exposures to your food than less exposure to you. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. You mentioned yeah, you. that you use extreme up pots like a pan to cook your bread, warm up your breakfast. That's also another good one because when it comes to exposures from your cookware, one thing that we really worried about is the forever chemical PFAS, PFOS, and PFOAs. Those are we why we call them forever chemical is because they're persistent. Because once you expose to those things, they stay in your body for decades. They don't you you don't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So it's really 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 important to prevent future exposures. And a lot of these exposure why we going through this exposure recall is that it's also important for people to understand exposures adds up. They like you know little things count. We have been studying these chemicals one at a time. And only like in the last like maybe past decades and very recently, people start studying mixture effect. So because we're exposed to so many chemicals at once, we don't actually scientifically, we don't really know what they're actually going to do. But now there are actually research coming out saying they actually have additive effect. That means if you get a lot of exposure from BPA, a lot of exposure from phthalate, a lot of exposure from PFAS, it's going to lead to worse outcome. And they have done this, have shown that if mothers, pregnant mothers are exposed to multiple of these chemicals at once, that could cause language delays in kids when they're like two or seven. So really, really important to, to do everything you can to prevent your exposures. So you're doing that. That's like pretty awesome. Thank you. I try. I'm not here to be on my high horse by any means, but... I do it because I was I was sick in the past, you know, from a, a toxic exposure. And so now it's ingrained in me to make these healthier decisions so that, number one, I can prevent any type of illness or any type of flare-up. And number two, I just feel really good when I make these decisions. So thank you. Your skin looks amazing. Thank you. It didn't, didn't always. <laughs> <laughs> mold exposure made my skin really bad but that's a whole other subject but thank you so much I then get ready for the day like skincare whatever uh, I go so in my bathroom I will brush my teeth sometimes I'll do oil pulling with coconut oil organic coconut oil sometimes I'll do tongue scraping I don't do those as much as I would like to But in an ideal world, I would be doing those regularly. 
But I brush my teeth with the Risewall toothpaste, like a non-toxic toothpaste. I don't wash my face in the morning usually. Maybe I'll splash it with some water, but I don't use any soap in the morning. What I put on my skin, though, is I put on tallow. And then I'll also use some this brand called Clear Stem. They are non-toxic, and it's an SPF, which generally speaking, I know that sunscreens can be super toxic, so I'm glad that they're non-toxic. I need to dig through all of their their chemicals, but I know it is better than most brands out there. So I'll use the tallow, the Clear Stem SPF, and then if I have like an interview or if I'm going to a meeting, I will throw on a little makeup and that I use non-toxic makeups as well, but very minimal. And then I don't do anything to my hair. I don't use any hair products. People can probably tell it's always a mess. But yeah, and then I really, I just start my day. I drink a lot of water in the morning too. Mountain Valley. Wonderful. Mountain Valley spring water. Wonderful. So drinking water is really important to detox because your toxin actually, you pee it out and you also poop it out. So without water, you cannot get those things out. Very, very important to drink a lot of water. And also for people who are drinking a lot of water, if you're drinking from tap, make sure you have a, a filter because there are a lot of toxins in water system and each state actually have different water standards. So to protect yourself, it's always good to have a, a, a filter. Mm-hmm. So any filter is better than no filter, but if you can have a reverse osmosis water filter, that's the best. Awesome. Um, you mentioned that you use a lot of non-toxic product. Super, super important because I actually think using good product, that's a, a really tangible way. It's probably the most easy, easiest way to, to reduce your toxic exposure because changing how you eat is, is a lot harder. Like, you know, if you're busy, you have your routine. If you have to get takeout, I think changing those is a lot harder than swapping out a product. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always the first thing. And also that's why Million Marker first is focusing on that because it's easy. Yes, you're going to need to spend a little bit of money, but you don't have to spend it until you need to replenish your your supplies. Right. So and first thing is reading label. You already you're already doing that, right? Because you're choosing non-toxic product, making sure they're free of, say, fragrance, they're free of other chemicals. Mm-hmm. Reading label is really, really important. One biggest tip we ask people to do is go for fragrance free because mm-hmm. we see a ton of chemicals in fragrance and there is no guarantee. And here I also want to mention a little bit about natural fragrance so now many product or label they use natural fragrance they use essential oil actually there's no way to tell whether that essential oil whether that natural fragrance is actually quality natural fragrance quality essential oil so to be safe i know people like the scent so occasionally having that scent fine you know occasional minimal exposure it's fine it's like using makeup too but if you're using it all the time, highly, highly recommend to go fragrance free because you literally don't know how that essential oil is made. And also right now, even many manufacturers will call it essential oil from natural sources. Many times it's actually from synthetic. About 50% of the essential oil today on the market that's selling are not actually 
essential oils from a plant. It、uh. could be a blend. It could be completely synthetic. And for the synthetic ones, oh, really scary what they could have. And even for the natural ones, say if they're like processed abroad somewhere, that you don't really know how that plant is being harvested. You don't really know how essential oil is getting distilled, because essential oil is a very concentrated like product, really concentrated, because they have to distill and getting that from the plants. If this manufacturer or the plant distilling the essential oil is actually using plastic piping, for example, or the 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 barrel, the drum, whatever they're using is plastic, you can just imagine that hot oil. In these things, and everything from the equipment is gonna leach into the oil, and you think it's all natural, but it actually it's like a completely contaminated,、yeah. and we don't really have a way to verify. So you know, if you don't have to use that, I would highly recommend to go fragrance free. Yeah, I agree with you a million percent on the fragrance free thing. The essential oil truth bomb—that's really what it is. That's a truth bomb—is. Is wild. I know that essential oils have been getting a little bit of backlash in a in a good way, you know, to educate people. But I honestly haven't haven't really done my research there. So I'm excited to have a new little rabbit hole for myself to go down after we close this interview later on. But that makes total sense, you know, thinking about what does that process look like. For、mm-hmm. for different products too, not just essential oils, but I think marketing plays a really big role. Greenwashing, saying oh it's natural,、Absolutely. let's put a little leaf on the packaging and make it seem like it's healthy. It's not always the case, and yeah, it's just not always the case. Absolutely, don't trust the label too much, and don't trust the marketing too much. Really, really important. I'm not saying essential oil is not good. I mean, thousands of years people have been using essential oil.、Mm-hmm. We just don't really know the quality of that essential oil.、Mm-hmm. So it's it's if you're gonna use it, trying to check with a manufacturer, check with a brand to see what process they're they're you know they're taking to ensure the quality of the essential oil is actually free of these contaminants. Yeah. Many times people will say they many many companies or routine tests say you know. Oil or other product is free of heavy metal, for example, heavy of free of mold, and they might have the right purity and potency. But many of them don't actually check for the all these organic contaminants, which is really problematic in my opinion,、hmm. because these contaminants are what's like really causing issues. Really, what are some of those contaminants? Oh, or- simply just like you know phthalates, parabens that、oh, people those, add in、okay. fun. That's could be a reason. They could be adding preservatives, other preservatives. Mm. And even from the equipment, you could get PFAS. You could be getting so many other ones. Even for like you know, when they clean the 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 plants, they could be using other carcinogens like、right. in the solvents. So a lot of stuff could go in. So if a manufacturer don't actually understand the process and then what could be harming people, I would say that's not a good product to buy.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I. I love that you mentioned reaching out to manufacturers as well because I do believe there are a lot of I shouldn't say a lot there are companies doing a a good job,、mm-hmm. but there are a heck of a lot more doing a poor job, and、Absolutely. it's kind of on the consumer at the end of the day. You know, 
there's a lot of responsibility, of course, that the company should be holding too, but the consumer gets to make the decisions on on what they purchase. And I try to remind people when they reach out to me and say, hey, what do you think of X product? If I'm not familiar with that product and I'm not qualified to give them an answer, I always say, email the manufacturer and ask them questions because if it's a good product, they will be replying to your email. If, if there's something shady about it, they're not going to reply. They're going to be giving you some BS answer like, oh, well, we have e-metal tests, kind of like what you just said. The brand might greenwash and say, we are healthy because we are t- they're, they're redirecting you. So I think for those listening, it's learning how to ask the right questions and how to see mm-hmm. through the BS. Absolutely. And the, how often do they test? That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen products that they tested 10 years ago. I mean, that means nothing. Supply chain has changed. I mean, climate has changed. And maybe they're sourcing differently. If they tested 10 years ago, that means nothing. Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so should I continue going through the day? Because this is really fun. Okay, so after I get ready for the day, then I start working. And there's not much exciting going on then. It's, you know, sitting. I think the the worst part of it is sitting. I do have a sit-stand desk, but I don't use the stand function as much as I should. I like to open the windows at least once a day to get some good airflow. I'll stand up. I'll take some breaks where I stand up. Sometimes I do some Qigong moves. I'm not, I don't yes. know much about that, but there's like one thing that I really like to do that opens up. I think it's your, there's a meridian near your collarbone that is good for your lungs and grief and things like that. But that's just like a move that I like to do. I also have the little rebounder trampoline. My mom's borrowing it right now, though, so I don't have it anymore. But that's what I love to do during the workday where, okay, if I'm getting a little bit like brain fog or I've been sitting too long, I get go on that trampoline rebounder for five minutes and just try to get my lymph moving because sitting, I think for me, I have this non-toxic lifestyle, but I think sitting is probably the, like the biggest issue that I need to address. I do exercise. So I exercise then in the afternoons where I do weightlifting or if I'm not weightlifting, then I'm walking or I'm outside or on the treadmill. Okay, great. Because what you highlighted is exercise and then keep your body moving. That's really, really important, even for detoxing. People don't think about it. You know, when you think about detoxing, people always think about, oh, I'm going to chelating. I'm going to do something. I'm going to take a supplement. That's where I'm on some kind of diet, mm-hmm. right? People think that as detoxing. But while some of those methods can help with detox, but you actually need your, your body to actually support that detox even after you detox, right? right. Otherwise, if your body is not functioning well, whatever you do detoxing is not going to help. And then when you have a well-functioned body, exercise is actually really important. Keep your blood flowing and exercise sweating actually help you detox because part of the toxin, you you can sweat it out, especially some of these toxins we just talked about. These, we call them transient toxins, the toxins that we actually test. You pee them out, you actually can sweat them out. 
So extremely important. And then we have also seen a ton of really a lot of benefit come with exercising, not just for your brain function, but for your everyday metabolism and you name it. Yeah. So that's super, super important. So glad you're doing that. Another thing you said is sitting, right? Sitting mm -hmm. is also causing back pain and brain fogs and all these other things. So it's really important to get yourself moving once in a while. And, and I think we all sit too long. Yep. And within all of that, I also eat lunch, but that's the same as my breakfast, heating it up in the pan, local foods. After I work out at the end of the day, towards the end of the day, then I, what do I do? I usually make dinner, which is the same process, but I have been doing more grilling, which that I think could be improved because I live in an apartment building. I live in a big complex. We use a shared grill. So in a perfect world, I would like to do my own research on grills and, you know, the brushes that are being used on it, how it's being cleaned. To be honest, I just bring my my good quality meat and my veggies and my avocado oil spray and I cook my food. So maybe you have some thoughts there on grilling. Grilling, it's a it's a hard one because it's delicious. Yeah. Barbecue grilling, it's a smoke that could be problematic if you do it all the time. Mm -hmm. So glad you're not doing it at home. It's at a community setting. So when people are doing grilling, even stir frying at home, you know, I'm Asian and I love stir frying. Mm -hmm. If you actually have that smoke that making sure you open your window, that smoke is actually not good for you. Mm -hmm. That's another exposure we did not talk about. Many times people feel they're kind of stuck when it comes to air quality, air pollution exposures. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned about you going out for a walk and you don't commute, which is which is good. You don't have that exposure. But for people who actually commute, mm -hmm. you can get air quality, air pollution exposure just from your commute. Well, it's always good to think about, okay, using public transit is a good way to reduce, you know, pollution in the overall environment. But if you're commuting, say if you're biking, if you're driving, if you can always choose a quieter street versus a busy street because mm -hmm. when you have busy street you have more traffic and when you have more traffic you would have more what we call it pm particular matter pm 2.5 exposure so pm 2.5 it's our air pollutant and they not only there are hormone disruptors there are also carcinogens mm. so you want that low exposure and a way to to avoid that when you're commuting, it's choosing a quieter street. I like that. And the there's that recirculate air button in the car as well. Do you think that's helpful when you're driving, if you have to drive? Yes. So if you, especially if you're exper experiencing wildfire. So in California, mm -hmm. there's wildfire. So mm -hmm. make sure you do that because your car actually have a filter. Okay. So I think it's, I think it's helpful. But at home, yes, it's really good to open the window. If you're cooking a lot, if you're grilling a lot, and mm -hmm. if you're experiencing wildfire, it's also good to consider having an air filter at home. Mm. Dusting is also a good one oh, that yeah. we recommend people to dust often because dust actually have a lot of these contaminants and then phthalates and other things mm -hmm. in dust. Mm -hmm. So if you dust often, that's it's a hassle, but I think anything... It. Any, anything is a hassle, right? So you kind of have to go out of your way to, to do these things. Yeah, love it. Okay, so then after dinner, I that's usually the time I have to hang out with my fiancé. We both <laughs> work crazy hours, so that's like our time to hang out. 
it's the best quality time. But sometimes we watch a show or we just talk. Then I get ready for bed. I go to bed early. I am not ashamed to go to bed at like 9.30. And with that, I no phone one hour before bed, ideally. And then really, I this, that's when I wash my face. <laughs> so I use my non-toxic products, wash my face, brush my teeth. I'm trying to think if there's any like, you know, some whatever day it is, I guess. Some people have their, you know, they do their stretching or they do a meditation or read. I, I don't do a whole lot. I honestly just like to talk. I talk a lot. So <laughs> I like get ready for bed and then I'll probably just talk to my fiance until he like conks out. So. But this is cool because you do <laughs> what works for you, right? Yeah. You don't need to follow because that's another thing when it comes to behavior change. If that it doesn't work for you, you wouldn't sustain. Yeah. So I think one thing, it's it's really important to you have this quality time with your fiance mm -hmm. because social relationship, that's actually part of the environment. We call it part of the, the overall your environment, your social environment. That's also really important. You need mm -hmm. to de-stress. You need to have this social connection. And when we see when you have good social connection, good social relationship, your health is better. That's also part of the exposure that, you know, we want people to pay attention. It's not just from the chemicals. It's your relationships, too. Wow. So I think that's really, really important. And then you mentioned you sleep early. That's also really good. Your circadian rhythm really is really important. If you can sleep early, definitely sleep early. I have not seen this much in Western kind of scientific literature. Uh, I mean, in Western scientific literature, we know that, you know, people have worse outcome when they always have all-nighters, you know, when people work graveyard shift. Mm -hmm. That's a really good indication why you should not mess with your circadian rhythm. If you can't sleep early, sleep early. I mean, in the old days, when people don't have such a busy lifestyle, they literally sleep when the sun comes down. Yeah. Right? Like the barbers like sleep when the sun comes down. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, but except like in modern life, we can't really do that. Mm -hmm. And in Eastern, kind of like I was exposed to quite a bit Chinese medicine when I was growing up. Love Chinese medicine. And I always remembered my Chinese doctor always tell me to sleep early mm -hmm. because your body is actually detoxing after like 11 p.m. or something. There's a period that at night where you're sleeping, your body is actually detoxing, replenishing your energy and everything. So she always recommend to sleep by 10 and mm. you can wake up by five or even earlier, but always important to sleep early. But I, I'm guilty because that part is it's really hard for me. I do some work after dinner and I probably go to bed at 11 or 12. I'm guilty of that. So I'm so glad <laughs> hearing that you're sleeping early. Thank this was you. awesome. Yeah. You know what I did forget to mention, which we talked about earlier, is that I turned my phone on airplane mode. And then I put it in the farthest corner away from me because I still use it for my alarm clock. But it's also a trick because then my alarm clock is going on across the room and it gets me out of bed. So I get up quick in the morning. And so I do the airplane mode and then I turn my AC on. This is for optimizing my, my sleep. I sleep super well. I think it's because I have the not a non-toxic mattress, bedding, I run an air purifier in there, and then I I keep the room kind of not freezing, but like 72 degrees. 
<laughs> so that it's just a stable kind of cooler temperature overall, which I find to be really helpful for my sleep quality. I love it because sleep quality is also very, very important, not only just for detoxing, but for your daily function. And we have seen if you lack of sleep, that's that could have really impact your hormones and your overall wellness. And you wouldn't even have clear thinking. So sleep yeah. is also really important. So glad you're doing. Wow, this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really I'm not trying to show off here. This is what I live and breathe the non-toxic living. And I, I hope that the audience listening gained some some insights from he- hearing my kind of real life journey with this and realizing that it is attainable. This this isn't it's been a multiple year long journey, but I love it and it all fits into my my daily routine as those listening can can understand. So hopefully that I'm I'm sure this will inspire people. You really your responses to Jenna, Dr. Jenna have been so insightful and so helpful and this has been so interactive. I, I really appreciate it. This is totally fun. And then, you know, you mentioned it takes you several years, right? It takes everyone several years. You you can't do this overnight. Right. Some of the product, you know, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, sure. People can throw out all at once, but sustaining it. And then these lifestyle changes are not easy. Mm-hmm. So always start slow. And I also mentioned I I'm also not perfect, right? I don't sleep that early. And then and I cut corners sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. But you you just need to get started. Right. And I think people will, after a little while, people will actually feel, you will, you will, you will get rewarded. You feel the difference. Right. Um, right. That your body is feeling better. You know, you're more clear. Like, you know, your, for example, your skin clears out. You will see the, the, the benefit. So just be patient. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jenna. This has been absolutely incredible. Where can everyone find you and Million Marker? People can find us on our front, our website, www.millionmarker.com. Uh, we're pretty active on social media. I do Instagram lives and we invite a lot of guests to do Instagram live because education is really important. We cover a lot of topics, not just on detoxing, on these chemicals. We actually want people to have to achieve wellness because that's how you sustain your non-toxic living and sustain a low-tox body burden. So we do a lot of education. People can also sign up to our newsletter. Just go to our website. We send out newsletter on the new research or on a new product we find mm-hmm. or any other trends that in the non-toxic world. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes so people can get easy access to Million Marker and all the good, good things. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.